coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 84 of the Sweat Wrestling Podcast. We're about to hop into all of it, ladies and gentlemen, on the heels of NXT on USA's debut. We're going to jump into that, the positives and the negatives from the show. Kenny Omega had a lot to say. We got Brock versus Kofi Bray wide a whole lot of stuff. We got some impact wrestling to get into as well. So we're not going to waste any time, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow me on Twitter at 2SweetPod. That's the number 2, Sweet P-O-D, or at OMG Corey B. That is my personal account. You can find all my personal listings at linktr.ee slash 2SweetPod. So we are going to hop into this. I know number one spot this week, but we do have best thing, funniest thing, best thing of the week, Bray Wyatt, ladies and gentlemen. At Clash of the Champions, no, it's Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins, and I'm just sitting here like, let's, where's Bray Wyatt? You know, we as wrestling fans have a tendency to look for it, and that's what I was doing at home main event. I was like, where's Bray Wyatt? This has to end with Bray Wyatt, and boy, did it ever. Bray Wyatt appears, the fans go wild, and it was the best thing of the week. He left Seth laying. Funniest thing of the week. The Street Profits and Maria, they're back there for the gender reveal, which was a horrible segment. But at the end of the segment, we get Maria. I said that Ricochet is the father, which he wasn't, obviously. But Street Profits bust out a funny joke um, about Maria being on a pole. And it was just the funniest thing of the week. I enjoyed that part of the segment. The segment overall, I hate it. But that part was very funny. That is best thing, funniest thing of the week. So, man, a newsworthy week, ladies and gentlemen. And it all starts at the top with NXT. Stop right at the top. NXT on USA. You know, we're gearing up for this thing. And I'm very excited about it. You know, we're counting down uh, the minutes and the hours, the minutes, the seconds. And I'm getting very excited. And I'm going to start with the positives here. The positives were the uh, was the opening. Uh, the opening was just incredible, man. You had the video montage. Uh, you had Triple H and Gorilla cutting a promo, and I had no idea that he was in a Gorilla until he started to cut out. And we are literally coming out of Gorilla, and it, they show the fans just going wild. And I love every bit of it. I loved every bit of that opening. It was so well done. Moving on, the crowd. They spaced out the crowd some way, somehow. It did not look like the original setup that they have at full sale. So the crowd looked bigger. And that's going to come into play when AEW comes out uh, with their shows. Because AEW is going to have huge arenas. And they NXT needs every bit of space that they need to make the crowd look bigger. Another positive was pretty much the entire first hour, man. The ladies came and knocked it out of the park. I thought it was a big show of confidence that they have in the the ladies to slot them into the very first match on NXT on USA. They've done a phenomenal job. Candice LeRae picks up the victory in that match. I enjoyed every bit of it. It was well done. A dream versus Roderick Strong was an incredible main event. I loved it. 
the Undisputed Era dripped in gold, draped in gold, however you want to say it. They are draped in gold, and that was just a phenomenal moment. A great, great first hour, an enjoyable first hour. Moving on to another positive second hour of the Imperium. They came out, they laid the beat down on the jobber. That brought out Walter Twitch. I'm going to get off my kick today. I think Walter is super overrated. He's Mr. Overrated, but I'm not here to talk about that today. Walter and Kushida, that could be a possible match down the line. I like that interaction, and I am very much interested to see how it goes going forward. Ah, the last positive that I have listed here is Only Lorcan versus Leo Rush. That was a really good match, one that I really wasn't into to start, but they did a phenomenal job throughout the match. Leo Rush picked up the victory. He is the number one, con- number one contender for the Cruiserweight title. It was well done. Now, we get into the negatives. First up, the commercials during the matches. Like, oh my goodness, like I am preconditioned already for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown to have commercials through matches I don't even think twice about it. I am also preconditioned for NXT to run throughout the entire hour with no commercials and matches and boy that is going to be a huge adjustment to get used to as the ladies were killing it man and you know we had like two commercial breaks in that match we had like two or three commercial breaks in the Dream Roderick Strong match and man that is just gonna take some time to get used to another negative is the big drop in quality for the second hour there were a couple of things that i liked about the second hour but overall the drop in quality was huge and it was just like it really felt like the first hour that was all that you needed to see you didn't even really need to watch the second hour i did not like that at all and speaking of the second hour things i didn't like the main event Oh my goodness, whose idea was that, man? Now we had uh, Matt Riddle up against Killian Dane, and man, like, what what was the thought process? That is just something that I want to know, because we had these guys going at it, and not, not even five minutes into the match, the match breaks down, it goes to backstage, and they bump into Walter. They didn't even bump into him. Walter was just standing right there. And he just goes out to Matt Riddle out of nowhere. And out of nowhere, here come the Street Profits. And we have people just coming in out of nowhere. Man, the brawl. And it turns into a big brawl. It was one of the more poorly done brawls. Uh, one of the more horribly ex- executed, non-logical brawls that I've ever seen NXT put together. Well, I don't know about ever, but certainly in the recent history of NXT. I did not enjoy it at all. And then we had security come out and break up the fight. And this is a no disqualification match. Why do you have security breaking up the fight? Like, I did not like it whatsoever. Obviously, there were some people that did like it. Uh, they, they thought it was chaos and they liked it obviously the crowd uh, a lot of crowd loved it and they tried to do a WCW things where they have the big brawl uh, going off at the end of the show and it just did not connect for me and I hated the fact that after the match we had a WWE exclusive William Regal comes out and he makes the same match for next week but 
the winner gets a title shot. Like, what have these guys done to earn a title shot at Adam Cole, first of all? And second of all, why on the first big show on NXT, it wasn't on USA in the second hour, but on your first big show, why are you building toward next week with the same match? No, do that this week. This is the first big show. So I did not enjoy that. Those are my negatives from the show. But overall, I think that they hit a solid double, not a home run by any stretch of the imagination, a solid double to start NXT on USA from the, when you combine the first hour and the second hour. First hour was a home run. If it was just that, I would have said home run, but we had the second hour as well. So moving on, we're going to move on to Bray Wyatt, ladies and gentlemen, and look, WWE, don't screw it up. Bray Wyatt, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, left Seth Rollins laying at Clash of Champions. And also on Monday Night Raw, we I was doing it again at the end. I'm like, okay, where's Bray Wyatt? Let's get this done. And Kane comes out. And the first thing I'm thinking, first thing I thought was, oh, you got to be kidding me, man. Kane, really? And immediately after Bray Wyatt shows up, he leaves Kane laying. A link and he aims around Seth Rollins as well it was well done but the, on the overall scheme of things we have Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins coming up and out on the cell and look Bray Wyatt has been on fire so many times and I have been this gullible idiot with Bray Wyatt every time he gets on fire I don't know if it's the fact that the guy's a Louisiana boy or what but I am just so behind the guy every time he gets on fire. And like I can just count down the times. Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. Or Bray Wyatt when he was feuding with Daniel Bryan. Or Bray Wyatt when he had that interaction with Triple H. When Triple H was holding the title at the time. Like there's been so many times when Bray Wyatt was hot. And when Bray Wyatt won the ch- when he actually won the championship. He was hot and they blew it then. I'm just this gullible guy. I like a hamster in a wheel. And I keep going back and back. When Bray Wyatt gets over, when he gets hot, I'm excited. And then they blow it. And here we are again. Bray Wyatt is hot, ladies and gentlemen. And the whole world, it's one of the things that WWE has gotten pretty much perfect. One of the few things that they have gotten perfect. And every single body is buying into it. Bray Wyatt has huge momentum. And here's the deal. If you're going to throw him into the championship matchup, you had better have him win the championship clean. Like, I don't want any shenanigans. I don't want an unclean finish. Like, no, I don't want to build to something else. No, Bray Wyatt better win that championship at Clash of Champions. Or else, what are we doing here? The dude is going to lose momentum if he doesn't win the championship with Clash of Champions. I've seen it a thousand times. And here I am, the gullible fool, Bobo the Clown, hoping that it happens for Bray Wyatt. And I'm held holding on to every turn and hoping that it goes down for Bray Wyatt. The only thing, the only drawback I see here is that Bray Wyatt the Fiend appears every other week or every other couple of weeks and the champion has to show up every week at least that's what we want so we have a quandary situation here to where I will with Bray Wyatt get overused with the Fiend get overexposed we showed up every week 
or do we hope that he stays away for a few weeks and pretty much I don't want to see you would do a Brock Lesnar but to keep the character fresh you'd have to keep the title off of TV that would be a thing that I would worry about later I would put the title on Bray Wyatt now however as I take a sip of water moving on ladies and gentlemen Brock Lesnar Man, I Tuesday, I didn't even make it home in time. By the time I turned on the TV, I saw a graphic that said Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar on October the 4th. First thing I did was put my head down. Like, I got a lot of notes here. And on these notes, I have Brock versus Kofi. The only note that I have are the two words, uh-oh. <laughs> Look, man, this, this, this is it. This is it. I don't want it to be it, but I have prepared myself. Kofi has had a phenomenal run. Look, when he, before he actually won the championship, the words I said was, I'll be satisfied if it makes it into the summer. And here it is. We're in September. We're in the fall. And Kofi Kingston still has the title. So I have no complaining to do, but... Brock Lesnar is back, man. And look, I get it. People are tired of Kofi. And Brock Lesnar is the draw. You know, you want to have someone big as a champion on Fox. And whatever and whatever. I get it. Brock Lesnar is the draw. So he's going to be the champion. But I, like I said, I have prepared myself. It is going to be a phenomenal matchup. Because Brock Lesnar works really good with the smaller guys. Kofi Kingston can bump with the best of them and it's gonna make for a phenomenal matchup it would be phenomenal if they actually let Kofi get the victory on Brock Lesnar it would be one of the biggest wins of his career but I don't see it happening I see Brock Lesnar picking up the victory here and look I'm depressed yeah Kofi ah, the run is about to be over man oh man so moving on Got the AEW Tag Team Tourney, and I gotta say that, you know what? I'm very interested in this. We had the draw get revealed, and I am very excited. Uh, we have the Young Bucks versus Private Party, Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express, a Dark Order already has the Automatic Five, Best Friends versus SCU, and I gotta say that I'm excited. Look, here's the deal. Who should win? How should it play out? I'm gonna say this right now. I don't think the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers should move past the first round. Let the Private Party and Jurassic Express I win those matches. That would be huge victories for those guys. Here's what I want to see happen. Jurassic Express should be in the fighters. They should go on to beat the private party. SCU should go on to beat the best friends and move into the finals. And your first tag team champion should be the Jurassic Express. I am very much looking forward to this tag team tournament. Wrestling fans love a good old tag team tournament and I love it as well and I cannot wait so sticking with AEW man Kenny Omega had quite the interesting words to say 
and he was interviewed by Dropkick Discussions via Sports Kita. And if you really have to listen to the entire interview, when I listened to the entire interview, I realized that the guy was in character. So I wasn't as mad as I was when I first just heard the original clip. But I'm about to get into what he said. He was talking about AEW versus NXT. And he said, you know, it's weird because it's hard to say you're going to war with people that I call my friends. And here are pretty much the money quotes you're looking for. He said, yet we are going to war. And yet I sit back and look at the grand picture and I'm going with war with these dudes to where if it wasn't two promotions, if it was just one big promotion, they'd be in the dark matches. They'd be the opening match of my main event match. And I gotta say, man, a lot of people up in arms on Twitter about this, as always. AEW has developed a hate. People hating on AEW a lot. But in this case, Kenny Omega was just in character. However, I still do not like it. Like, somebody like maybe Chris Jericho could get away with this. But past that, I don't like the look because Kenny Omega is one of your biggest stars. Ah. If you want to say Jericho is the biggest star, I wouldn't fight you on that one. Kenny Omega is one of the biggest stars. AEW is an upstart company. And they have a lot of positive momentum going for them. Even though there's a lot of hate going around as well. So I would say don't feed the haters with something that is not a good look in my estimation. I don't like that look from Kenny Omega. I don't like him down in the guys from NXT. Even if... And I won't even say if, even because he's in character, because he was in character, I still don't like the way it looks. I still don't like the way it comes off. I didn't like it. And like, obviously, a lot of people are going to run wild with these quotes. And like, I'm not going to be mad at him if somebody gets mad at what Omega says here because I don't like it. He also says something to the effect of, uh, you'll see stars here, not developmental talent. When look, man, NXT has stars, and just because WWE labels them as developmental talent doesn't mean those guys aren't stars. That's just my opinion. And, and there are a lot of people that take umbrage with what Ken Omega said, and I don't blame them one bit. I'm not as mad because I realized the guy was in character, I just wish that he would not have said it so moving on we're gonna go into some impact wrestling ladies and gentlemen sammy callahan versus brian cage that is gonna go down at bound for glory ladies and gentlemen and the question i have here for the impact heavyweight championship by the way question i have here is who should win should it be sammy callahan should be brian cage and i gotta say that it has been tough to watch for Brian Cage because he's been injured. He's been dealing with injuries. And, like, I really like that guy. He seems like a good guy overall, which is cool with me. But here's the deal. Who should win? Should it be Brian Cage? Should it be Sammy Callahan? Look, man, I got to say that I would love to see a healthy Brian Cage run. The guy is awesome. Uh, he seems like an incredible person, which is cool with me. I, he's awesome inside the ring as well. 
the prototypical new age big guy can really fly around the little guys, can muscle around the bigger guys. He is awesome in the ring. He deserves the heavyweight championship. But here's the deal. It is now or never for Impact Wrestling as it pertains to Sammy Callahan. Look, if they're going to say that the guy's a draw, if he's going to go around beating his chest as the draw, he has to win here. The guy who should win is Sammy Callahan because OVE is fairly over with the crowd. Sammy Callahan is fairly over with the crowd and he is a staple of Impact Wrestling. He's been there with them for quite some time now, some years, and it is time. I didn't like when Sammy Callahan was feuding with Rich Swan over the Cruiserweight Championship and they had him get up to that point and they had him lose the match. Look, now is the time to put the championship on Sammy Callahan. It is time. It is now or never. Sammy Callahan should most definitely win the match and it will be an awesome build as we build to Bound for Glory, which will be an awesome pay-per-view. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, gonna talk about the WWE Women's Division and the Four Horsewomen. Look, I love the Four Horsewomen. Absolutely love them. And here's the deal. Why can't anybody outside of those four women be important in WWE? Like, what is WWE doing? I look at the few that they have going so far with the Four Horsewomen and... There's some things I like about it. There's some things that I absolutely hate about it. Like, why is Charlotte helping out Becky? Like, no, nah, I hate that. That shouldn't be happening. But it is what it is. Here's my beef. Like, why doesn't anyone else feel important? Here's the deal. WWE has the deepest roster as far as ladies go in my lifetime. 32 years. I've never seen it this deep for WWE. But nobody feels important outside of four women and that is just completely unacceptable. It was nice to see Carmella uh, for once on SmackDown but it made no sense. Why is she saving Charlotte Flair of all people? That's another thing that doesn't make sense. It's nice to see Carmella but you know why is she out there saving Charlotte Flair? I when People that should feel important are put on the back burner. Ember freaking Moon was the next big thing coming out of NXT and they've blown it with her like out of the gate and she feels like just another person that's in the back and catering. Not important at all. I could go down the list. Asuka, the Kabuki Warriors, where are they? Like no one feels important and WWE has to really do a better job because how much longer can the four horsewomen continue to carry the entire brand? Like at some point you got to make somebody else feel important and they've had opportunity after opportunity with people like Asuka and they've blown it. They had opportunities with Impromone and they've blown it. So, and even looking at uh, Becky and Sasha and Bailey, they've blown it with those three, but somehow they've swam back to the top and gotten themselves back over. The only one they've consistently booked is Charlotte Flair, but all four of them feel important as it stands to this very moment, but they have to do a better job of getting the other ladies over. And, like, it's a shame. Like, nobody else feels important outside of the four horse women. WWE has to do a much better job. So, moving on to the final topic of the day Kevin Owens, ladies and gentlemen. 
there was a report going around. We're talking about two things. First, there was a report going around that he may show up in NXT due to the storyline. I would absolutely hate that because I'm one to say that NXT should swim or sink based on their roster. Don't bring anybody else in. Let them do it on their own. But moving on, we had Kevin Owens on SmackDown and he's in this storyline with Shane McMahon. And I talked about how Kevin Owens was losing momentum or has lost momentum. I talked about that. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but now he's in the storyline with Shane McMahon. He's suing him for $25 million and he alleges in his lawsuit that he can also fire him as well. Like when he said that, I, the first thing I said was on what grounds? How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense at all. Why is he still involved with Shane McMahon? If they were going to go this far, they should have had Shane's career on the line at SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken, that match was. They should have had Shane's career on the line then. They could have ended the storyline after Chad Gable tapped out Shane McMahon in the King of the Ring tournament. But here it is. Kevin Owens is still involved with Shane McMahon. And I have no reason, no understanding of why. And as I said last week or the week before, the guy has totally lost momentum. I'm not interested in him. Like, sure, I'm happy to see him. Obviously, when Kevin Owens grabs a mic, like, you stop what you're doing. You put your phone down. You look at the TV because the guy is that captivating on the mic. But it ticks me off even more because a guy of that caliber with that talent shouldn't be saddled feuding with Shane McMahon. And I got to say that I have no interest in this storyline, but... I wish the best for KO, and I hope that they put him in a more prominent spot going forward. We'll see how it turns out. So that's it for this edition, excuse me, of the Too Sweet Podcast. Let me know your thoughts at Too Sweet P-O-D. You can follow me there on Twitter and at, at OMG Corey B.